0: And hello out there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. This is uh, episode number 25. How's everybody's uh, week going so far? It's not going too, too bad. We're uh, getting hit with that snowstorm right now up in northeast Pennsylvania. I'm pretty sure it's the whole northeast coast. But uh, two hours to get home usually takes me about a half hour drive. So yeah, it was quite interesting. But uh, you can follow me over on Twitter. Might as well get this stuff out of the way. At Jimbo St Sports. Follow the the show itself, where the podcast kind of drops, and we retweet tweet and all that stuff. Follow the show at St Sports Podcast. And follow King over on Twitter at King Skunk Duck like I say every week he has some uh, good shirts over there just head over there and take a look at some of them maybe you might want to buy one or two of them but uh, a little bit of a slow week I guess you could kind of say uh, in, in sports uh, we had college football last week I was live tweeting with you guys during the Notre Dame game there some good interactions with you guys um, I'll get to that game a little bit uh, you had the Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys I know I said last uh, last show last week that I was gonna put up a uh, a poll for you know who who won the 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 trade as far as Dallas Cowboys with Amari Cooper uh, Golden Tate going to Philly and Damaris Thomas going to uh, Houston but when Golden Tate only plays a couple plays it's kinda pointless but like I said, I'll get into that game as well. I was a little disappointed with my team. Um, there's one player I just wish they would finally just give him the ball, and pretty sure I bring it up every week. Uh, Jimmy Butler from the NBA. He got traded to the Sixers, so that was kind of big. I know we don't really talk too much about NBA on here, but uh, you know that's that's a big trade. You know, for Butler going to a a young team, so. I'll, touch that a little bit, plus uh, some hockey talk, uh, I know a lot of sports shows and even this show sometimes, we talk about some of the, the bad stories like um, that, that are in the news, like with the Ohio State type thing, with uh, Urban Meyer or NFL players being arrested for just being dumb, but we have actually a heartwarming uh, story uh, for this show too. So we'll be getting to that in a few minutes. Uh, Before I forget, you could also um, listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Spotify. Um, If there's any other ones out there that you guys would rather listen to us to on, shoot us a message over on on Twitter or go to our Facebook. uh, Follow us there. We we usually drop the the show on there as well in case, uh, I don't know, I I guess you could listen to it on Facebook at, you know, when you're playing video games or whatever. That's usually when I do my uh, podcast listening when I'm playing hockey. But uh, we're also going to touch a little bit NFL scores. We'll do our picks this week and uh, look over the, the college football rankings. Nothing really changed too much. So you know, why don't we start off with that since, uh, like I said, there's not too much that changed. Uh, the season's kind of winding down now. There's about... Two games left for uh, most teams. Maybe three if you're going for a conference championship. But uh, this week, really the only um, interesting game that has any type of implications for uh, the playoffs is the the Notre Dame game against Syracuse. It's the Shamrock Series played at Yankee Stadium. And um, me and King are still praying that they don't wear those the shamrock series uh, uniforms they're basically uh the pants are they look like baseball uh pinstripes and the shirts the jerseys uh, i think they kind of i forget what i think they kind of look like the like just a regular baseball jersey the whole outfit is a yankees themed baseball jersey which it just looks terrible I mean, I like the jerseys from last week. King's little only uh, complaint he had, being as a graphic designer, was he was hoping that they would have a uh, white uh, numbers instead of the dark blue numbers that were on there. And you know, as far as the announcers, they were getting on my nerves. You know, we can't can't call who the player is because we can't see the number. Well, then you know, shut up. <laughs> but um, that game, you know. I don't know. I mean, you know, we, we won uh, 42-13, but it didn't feel like a 42-13 game. Um, our defense, even though... Our defense remind me of Jim Johnson's "Ben do not break defense. We'll let you drive down the field, but once we get into the red zone, we, we stop yous. Um, me and King both agreed that's not going to... Win championships against Alabama or Clemson with uh, how they how they uh, you know have been playing the past couple years. Um, but we're luckily getting Ian Book back this week. Um, Wimbush did enough. There was a couple plays that he did play like Wimbush. He he wanted to force the stuff, um, and that was my biggest fear going into this game our run game, man, we got a tough running game. And now that we put Ian Book back in there who's more accurate than Wimbush, hopefully we don't get away from the running game and just maybe even do a 50-50, you know, split between run and pass and and keep the other team's offenses off the field. That's that's one of the best um, friends for a defense is a running game. So... You know, we got Syracuse this week. Syracuse is a tough team past couple years. This... I, I think if we can get past Syracuse, whether it's three points or 30 points, I think we'll be okay against USC. But, uh... We gotta get past Syracuse first. Um... This game, you know, I, I do think it's gonna be a, a three-point... Maybe a... a 7 point type uh, outcome and hopefully like I said Nordane pulls it off keep the the magic alive Alabama it's a cupcake week for them they got the Citadel Clemson has my underdog team that I love rooting for which is Duke Um, I've talked about a couple times on the show about why like I do still follow Duke football a little bit just because for all you people that used to play NCAA out there on Xbox or PlayStation I always would take Duke because they, they were the worst team in the nation according to that game and I would take them and build them up and it, it was just they were, they were so terrible that the only plays I could do was goal line run and just basically run the clock out like I was talking about with the, the Dame uh, running game so I mean, you know, Clemson. Clemson should win that, but it would be hilarious if Duke pulls up the upset and defeats them this week. Uh, then you got number four, Michigan, who's been playing really hot lately. Uh, they got uh, they got Indiana this week. Again, with how hot they've been playing, they should just run right through them. Probably have their starters pulled by halftime. Uh, you got UC, uh, UCF against Cincinnati you know but they're number 11 uh, the top 10 didn't move at all this week so I, I think you're basically looking at whoever's in the top 10 if one of these top 4 teams falter at all they're the only teams that will get into the top 4 anybody outside of top 10 I don't think will make there's not enough time will make uh, a big enough jump to get up there So, but you know, out of those top ten teams, let's just say Notre Dame loses this week or next week and gets knocked out of playoffs, and you still got Bama, Clemson, and Michigan in there. I wouldn't mind seeing Washington State Get, get some like fresh blood in there. You know, you got Georgia at number five. They always seem like they choke at the end of the year or they choke in a big game when it comes to the playoffs. LSU. I don't know, just something about them just leave a bad taste in my mouth. You got West Virginia at, uh, at number nine. You know, maybe up, maybe them up there. You know, they would be maybe my number two pick. And then you have Ohio State. No. They need to stay away. Um, especially with the, the whole Urban Meyer thing that, that happened earlier this year. Now there's a new one coming out that's saying, uh, He covered up a a racial slur situation that happened with that same coach. So, I think there's more to the story or more to the the school that they're leading on with what happened with Urban Meyer and his coach. And, you know, Urban Meyer's not a a dummy. He should know that with the technology nowadays and stuff like that, you know, text messages and, and, and Twitter, you can't hide anything. So... If this did come out, or if this did happen, it will come out, and it's better to get out in front of it now. But he's still standing pat that you know it never happened, this and that. So, so we'll see about that. But uh, that's that's going to be the college talk for uh, this week. But moving on to some NBA talk for some of you uh, NBA fans out there, and plus me being a Philadelphia sports guy, you know, with the Sixers. I don't really follow them, uh, per se, like when it comes to watching them, but I keep an eye on them to see how they're doing. And I, I know the past couple seasons, they've been coming along, and on, uh, I believe it was a Sunday during the Eagles game, oh no, I'm sorry, it was during the Flyers game that I, I, I watched the uh, and it came across that the Sixers traded for Jimmy Butler, formerly of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, for anyone that's been uh, following this at all, this this trade has been coming a long time. Uh, Butler, I think, wanted out there. He was rumored to go to be going to the Heat and then the Lakers. And uh, I'll be honest, I was surprised that the Sixers were the ones that uh, pulled this off. So. The Sixers traded for Jimmy Butler, and they also got Justin Patton. The Sixers uh, traded to the Timberwolves' Covington. I'm sorry, Robert Covington, Dario Serac, Jared Bayless, and a 2022 second-round draft pick. Now, I'm not too sure how the NBA draft goes, but everywhere that I've been reading, everybody said uh, Elton Brand, the, the GM by not giving up the first rounder was big so in 2022 I mean that's that's four years away I mean I, I would think that's not that big of a pick to begin with because you never who knows we may not be here in four years but so they had to wait till Monday for to be official which they finally did um he made his debut last night in a a loss I think they only lost by four points but the few uh, clips I've seen, yeah, you know, like the the Sixers finally got three three big scores. They got you know Jimmy Butler now. Uh, they got the Rookie of the Year from last year, Ben Simmons, and then Joel Embide. Uh He's big enough to be a center. So I'm assuming he plays center, but he comes to a lot of Eagles games, Flyers games. So hopefully, this puts them over the top. I know. I also saw that uh, Elton Brand said that he's not done adding to his team yet. Uh, They have uh, a roster spot open, and he's looking to add more championship-caliber players, which is smart because you got a young core. Jimmy Butler is only uh, 26, I think I saw. So I mean, that's still young. I mean, you got LeBron James going on what 15, 20 years, so he's only 35 or so. So. If you could keep these kids together. It's been a while since you've seen a dynasty in any type of sports, uh, sports city. So we'll see how that goes. Um, still at least half a year, maybe more, for these, uh, these kids to gel together and, and see how they, they, they do get to the playoffs and try winning win it all. Someone that's not going to be playing at all this year is Mr. Le'Veon Bell. If, uh, if you guys have been living underneath the rock the past six months, nine months, Le'Veon Bell was franchise tagged by the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, back in March, I believe it was whenever they're allowed to tag them. And his contract would have been a one-year $14.5 million contract, and he refused to sign it because he wants to basically get paid like a quarterback, which, listen, $14.5 million is a lot of money. I know me and King uh, back in the summer got to an argument over this. Do I think he deserves more? Maybe maybe 15 or 16, but not quarterback money. Now, what was going on this whole um, season was he's holding out. And then about a week or two ago, it came out that if he held out the whole season, come next free agency, next year uh, free agency, if the Steelers franchise tagged him, he would get bumped up. To the lower tier quarterbacks because he was already capped out as a running back tiered franchise tag which if he got a fr- franchise tag he would be making 20, 22 million dollars which is the lower tier of the franchise tag for a quarterback so and to show you how smart his agent is they just found out about that part of it a week or two ago you think he would have it's uh, in the, the collective bargaining agreement and he had to November 13th which was two days ago to sign it and show up to camp otherwise he would lose a year he would lose the whole year he'd be ineligible to play and sure enough that's what he did now the funny part <clears throat> excuse me the funny part about this this whole thing that happened the past uh Day or two um, was that when it became official that he wasn't going to play this year for the Steelers all his so-called buddies teammates raided his locker they took down his uh, his name any shoes that he left there any you know, jerseys or whatever they raided it uh, I'm not sure who the one player was but he took like three uh Pairs of cleats home, and and things like that. I know Big Ben was uh, quoted in saying that he, you know, he texted him, wished him the best. He was a, a great teammate, but I still say this whole situation is only going to hurt him. I don't think anybody is going to sign him to a six-year deal come next next free agency. I don't think anybody's gonna sign him to a one-year, twenty million de- uh, dollar deal next free agency. I think he's gonna be looking at a one-year, fourteen and a half million dollar uh, contract. Now, I saw during the week one uh, sports uh, writer, might have been Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter, say they could see a one-year contract, you know, fourteen and a half million dollars with incentives being low enough that would trigger into a six-year contract type deal. Maybe that would be smart for the teams, for any teams out there, which I know the Philadelphia Eagles was one of the teams. I hope we don't sign them Uh, because, again, our coach don't like to run good running backs. But, yeah, he's starting to get on my nerves about that. Uh, but the one thing I did see was, yes, the Steelers won't have the money to franchise tag him uh, as far as the, the cap goes, but they could transition tag him, which, from the way I gathered, was would start this process all over again. Bell's been franchised two or three seasons in a row now. That's why this time around he got tired of... of the franchise tag, if he gets transition tagged, it's a lower uh, uh, draft pick trades or whatever you want to call it um, compared to a franchise tag. And he would be back down to you know, the, the mid-tier or the top-tier running back. So if that were to happen, if they were to tag him, does he sit out another year? If that's the case, I don't think anybody would sign him. That's two years in a row he would pull this. Why would, why would they do it? And the only reason why the Steelers uh, didn't give in to him and give him the contract was, let's all admit it, they got lucky with uh, Connor. They're, they're starting running back now. Um, played at Pittsburgh. I think it was a late-round pick. You know, who would have thought he would have been put up numbers just like Bell? Now, if he played half that, I, I think they would have gave Bell his contract. And he would have played for the Steelers the rest of his career, probably. But he's going to be moving on uh, at some point. You know, come next, next year, I think he's definitely on a, on a new team. Just hopefully not the Philadelphia Eagles, because... Uh, like I said, uh, Doug Peterson even admitted that they needed to give uh, Josh Adams some more runs. I've been banging this drum for what, about five, six weeks now. I've seen him at Notre Dame. Every time when he plays for Philly or gets in there to play, he, he runs off five, six, seven yards a carry. And he's a big back so he can wear down your defenses. And he gets in there for the the Dallas Cowboys game. Runs off a 15, 16 yard run. And that was the last time I saw him. You you stuck with Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood. Just because Corey Clement had a MVP type game in the Super Bowl. Doesn't mean he's going to be the hot hand or do the same things again this year. There's just, just something missing with this team. I mean, Carson Wentz is playing well. The defense, our cornerbacks, have been garbage since probably Bobby Taylor, Troy Vincent times. You know, we haven't had a good shutdown corner or a good shutdown cornerbacks uh, in a while. And on top of that, we take another injury hit. Ronald Darby is out for the year with a torn ACL, which, again, he wasn't playing that well, in my opinion, even though some Philadelphia writers think he was. Uh, We get Jalen Mills back this week. We get Sidney Jones, I believe, back this week. But Jalen Mills is not a starting corner. He's a slot corner. Sidney Jones, I think, should be on the outside. And then let's trade a third round pick for Golden Tate and uh, play him. I think he played, I I, I think he had three targets. Uh, Two of them, he broke open for 10, 12 yards. And then that was it. I understand, you know, if he just got there maybe four or five days earlier. He had a week and a half of practices. You're trying to tell me that. In a week and a half, you could only game plan 10 plays for them? Come on. And so now that the Eagles lost 27-20, they're 4-5. And And I'll tell you what, one more game, if they lose, it's over. They're they're not going to repeat. They're not going to make the playoffs. Right now, they sit at the 11th best record in the NFC. Uh they are two games, I believe, behind Washington. They're a game or a game and a half behind the sixth seed, which is either Minnesota or uh, I think it was Seattle. may have been. So, yeah, I'm not too happy with my Eagles right now, but hey, at least Notre Dame's playing good. <laughs> so we, we record on Thursdays. Um, and as far as NFL goes, we got the Green Bay Packers and the Seattle Seahawks tonight at 8:20. Uh, Seattle is the favorite by three, but everybody pretty much knows when it's ever three—it's just an even spread. They only get that for a home field. But you know, the Packers seem to found a new running back in Jones. Uh, you got Aaron Rodgers there, Devontae Adams. I know one of their receivers is down, so they got a, a young kid playing at receiver. With Seattle, you got uh you got Russell Wilson. The Legion of Boom is all busted up, broken up, whatever however we want to say. So I'm gonna go with Green Bay with this one. I'm actually surprised since it's only a three point spread. Uh, but I'm gonna go with Green Bay by ten, and maybe this would be a. Uh, entertain anyone, which uh, most Thursday games aren't entertaining anymore. So, so, as far as my lock pick, I'm going to go with the Eagles-Saints game. and I never bet for or against my Eagles. So, my lock is there's going to be a crap load of points scored. One, you got Drew Brees and the Saints who are Very hot. The Eagles have no defensive backs. So Brees should carve them up. Carson Wentz, Alshon Jeffries, Zach Ertz, they've all all been clicking with each other. Maybe Golden Tate finally has his breakout game with the Eagles. Uh, If Doug Peterson holds to his his press conference this past week saying he's got to get Josh Adams more more touches. That will open up the passing game. Right now the over-under is 56, which I'm going to go with the over and going to say the final score for whoever wins is going to be 30 to 28. So that'd be 58. So that's my lock there and my upset pick of the week will be the Panthers-Lions game. Right now, Carolina is a a 4.5 point favorite. I'm going to go with the Lions. Um, Yes, like I said, they traded Golden Tate away, but they also have a young receiver that they were able to trade him away to give this kid, uh, I think his name is Galloway, Galday, uh, to give him more chances to, to shine. You got Matthew Stafford there, who has an arm. I just think Carolina's record is six and three. I don't think they're a six and three team. They just don't feel like it. They feel more like a you know five and four or you know five hundred team. But I'm gonna go Lions seventeen, Panthers, fourteen. So that's, that's going to be our NFL picks for this week. And to close out the show, like I talked about earlier in the, the episode, and kind of coming off the, the whole on Bell talk, I want to talk a little bit about a, a good story for once. And yes, I, I know it's the Philadelphia Flyers, and that's that's my team that I follow, and probably all you guys hate me for it. But... on um, I think I saw this Yeah, yesterday, November 14th. So this article I got from hockeyfeed.com. The headline says Flyers sign 14-year-old cancer patient to contract. Yeah, you see this from time to time and but when I read the article and what the flyers are doing uh, for him and how the story came about it was actually pretty cool. So the article says you know, uh, on Wednesday, yesterday, the Flyers signed left wing Luke Rogers to a one-day contract, according to GM Ron Hextall. Uh, he actually practiced uh, with the Flyers yesterday in advance of Hockey Fights Cancer Night. Uh, he will get take part. I'm sorry. He will get to take part into the upcoming Flyers Hockey Fights Cancer Night on November 27th at Wells Fargo the team will face uh, the Senators. The Flyers will get to host them in the locker room for a special pre-game read-off of the evening starting lineups. So there's that. And he also got his own locker stall. Like, you know, as a 14-year-old kid, you love the Flyers, and you get to just kind of chill with them during practice or before the game. You know, it's, it's kind of cool. So how this all came about was uh, Rogers, who skates at the same New Jersey rink, James Van Riemsdyk, which is one of our top uh, free agent signings this past offseason, played out as a youth player, uh, joined the Flyers forward on the ice following practice as well as in the locker room at his own player's stall. He was given number 98, so he's got his own jersey. And you know, it, it just, it's just nice to see that these teams take a step back and, and bring these kids in that have, you know, maybe unfortunate circumstances and make them, I don't want to say be normal, at least for a day, but make them forget about their situation. And I'll tell you what, I, I bet you anyway this kid is happy as picking shit to... Around the Flyers to, to watch uh, this, the, you know, the, the game to, to be down in the locker room to make it even cooler. I, I think it would be cool if the N- uh, NHL would approve, like, during uh, warm ups when, when the Flyers are down uh, on their end, let this kid just skate up and score on the, the center's goalie or something like that, just just kind of, you know, make it fun for this kid again. but. I'll put that article up on on our Twitter account, which uh, you can follow us at uh, St Sports Podcast, and I may put that on the Facebook as well, in case you guys don't have Twitter. But uh, so that's gonna be it for this week. Um, like I said, a little slow this week, but a couple stories. Uh, before I go, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Like I said, the show you can follow us at St Sports Podcast you can follow me at Jimbo ST Sports. you can follow King at King of Skunk Duck go over there, check his uh, shirts out if you need some graphic designs done shoot him a message and you can also listen to us on iTunes TuneIn, Spotify Google Play, you can head over to the, the Podbean app, you can download us there we've got a couple followers on there so that's going to be it for this week See you guys next week. Hope you guys have a good weekend. This is your good friend Jimbo, signing out.